You're listening to Farius on Football with Ryan Farius. If there's football, he's talking about it. Here's your host in three, two, one. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show, the Farius on Football podcast on Radio Massasoit. I'm your host, Ryan Farius, and today I got another specialty episode for you guys. As we all well know, it's Thanksgiving time. Personally, it's my favorite time of the year, my favorite holiday. For me, it's because it's got the three F's, food, family, and football. Doesn't get much better than that. So I figured today I would just do a quick preview of all three of the Thanksgiving games that are happening this year. Now just ahead of time, as always, I just wanted to make clear that any stats or other information that I gather either come from NFL.com or any tidbits from game broadcasts such as Fox, CBS, NBC, and ESPN. The first Turkey Day game comes in the early afternoon, and it's the great Thanksgiving football tradition. You got the Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. Yet another rendition of what was the very first Thanksgiving Day game going all the way back to 1934, according to ProFootballHalloFame.com. Now, both of these teams this year are performing quite badly, but still, I love to tune in and watch these matchups. I'm just very sentimental when it comes to NFL history like that. Now, starting off with the Bears, they suffered what could potentially be a severe blow in the third quarter of their last game against the Ravens as Justin Fields left the game with a rib injury, a bruised rib to be specific. Nothing's come out about his status yet, but hopefully he'll be okay. Although I'd probably sit him anyway, to be honest. I really wish he had sat the whole year because I just wanted him to sit and develop instead of getting absolutely obliterated by behind the sieve of an offensive line. Now, Fields does miss this game, obviously, the incumbent starter from the beginning of the year will in fact be Andy Dalton. Now, Andy Dalton gets dumped on a lot for how he's performed over the years, but when he came in against the Ravens, he played well enough to win. The Bears defense just completely blew a coverage right at literally the very end of the game when they could have won the whole thing. But of course, they choked at the very end, and they let the Baltimore Ravens, without Lamar Jackson, by the way, just walk right down the field, essentially. And Chicago couldn't do anything because they only got the ball with less than 30 seconds to go, so of course... Nothing's going to happen there, but they're going up against a winless Lions team this week. So why risk putting Justin Fields out there and risk injuring his ribs or possibly injuring something even worse in this game of all games? So please just sit Justin Fields and let him rest up and probably come out the week after when you have a more important opponent. And defensively, they were horrid down the stretch of that Baltimore game. Again, they blew a coverage literally right at the very end and let the Ravens just pretty much walk right in for a touchdown. If you are blowing coverages against Detroit and you somehow hand them their first win of the season, I knew something was wrong with the Bears already, but there's something seriously wrong if you're doing stuff like that. Now to talk about the Lions. I mean, what else is there to be said? They're a winless team with one tie on the season against Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger. They literally can't do anything. Their defense isn't good. Their offense is awful. Not to mention that their starting quarterback is hurt and he's bad as is. That would be Jared Goff that I'm talking about. It's no wonder why the Rams traded him in two first round picks to go get Matthew Stafford. Goff has an oblique injury and is probably going to be out for Thanksgiving. So Tim Boyle, the backup quarterback, is going to be starting. And he's not good either, as we saw against Cleveland. Now, an interesting development with the Lions in the past couple of weeks is starting with the Pittsburgh game, Dan Campbell, their head coach, took over the play calling duties because he wanted more direct communication with his quarterback. And I guess the rule is that only one offensive coach can be communicating with the quarterback through the helmet, through the headset. Ain't that wonderful? You got the old meathead calling plays now. Now, in any other case, I would think it to be a good idea, like, you know, change things up a little bit. But here's the thing. Dan Campbell, in his entire coaching career, has never been an offensive coordinator. He's been a tight ends coach, an interim head coach, a tight ends coach, and an assistant head coach, and then a head coach. And now he's calling plays, not once being an offensive coordinator in his entire career. 
And so far, it hasn't really changed much when it comes to the offense. They still can't score worth a lick. But at the same time, I get it because that's an awful roster just in general. Campbell is one of those guys that I hoped would succeed as a head coach just because he's absolutely hilarious. But considering that Detroit is still to this day, one of the worst run organizations in all of football, that's probably never going to happen. So I'm thinking Chicago takes this one easily. But if not, yeah, something's wrong there. Now moving on to the next game, we got the Las Vegas Raiders going into AT&T Stadium to take on the Dallas Cowboys. I got to start with the Cowboys here. That was a pathetic loss to the Kansas City Chiefs last week. 19-9 was the final score of that game. The Cowboys Cowboys defense was actually fantastic that game other than the first two drives. They pelled the Chiefs quite a bit, but the Cowboys prolific offense couldn't move the ball at all. And when they were moving the ball, they were either getting picked off or they were committing drive killing penalties and settling for field goals. I don't care how good your defense is playing. You're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs when you're doing stuff like that on offense. Not to mention that they were down their top two receivers with Amari Cooper and then CeeDee Lamb suffering a concussion in that game. They looked like they did against Denver a few weeks ago. It was bad. With all this being said, they better handle their business against the Raiders. And now to talk about the Raiders, to say the least, they've been on quite the downhill spiral. They've had a whole bunch of internal issues, which I'm not even going to begin to talk about. They started off 3-0 and looked like one of the better teams in the AFC, and now they're 5-5 going into this game after recently being obliterated by the Cincinnati Bengals. Eric Carr looked like an MVP to start the year, and now he looks like a bottom-tier guy, which is sad because I root for the guy. I always thought he was one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league, but he hasn't been delivering as of late. And defensively, I was hoping that Gus Bradley going down there would help him out quite a bit, and it worked for the first few games, but now it's just amounted to nothing. So it's definitely safe to say they're going to be looking for a new head coach next offseason. If the Cowboys can't beat this team of all teams, they're kind of frauds. And now to the night game of this year's Thanksgiving slate, we've got the Buffalo Bills taking on the New Orleans Saints in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. First of all, oh how the mighty have fallen. I'm talking about the Bills. They recently got obliterated by the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor had five total touchdowns this game with, I believe, 150-plus rushing yards. Carson Wentz didn't even do anything in that game, pretty much. I think he had, like, 107 yards or something like that. And this was a Bills defense who had come in as the number one scoring defense, I believe, or overall defense, and the Colts dropped 41 points on him. Jonathan Taylor single-handedly beat the Bills. And it seems like since that Jacksonville game where they lost 6-9, to Josh Allen has been turning the ball over quite a bit now. And something that always aggravated me about this Bills team is that they're always pass-happy. If there's any run game at all, it's because Josh Allen is using his legs. Their offensive line can't run block, and none of the running backs ever produce. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, both third-round flyers in these past few years' drafts, they've never amounted to anything. So pretty much the Bills' offense is run Josh Allen every once in a while, and then when you throw it, it's Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs or bust. And maybe Dawson Knox, who's a really good fantasy tight end, by the way. They're just not balanced on offense at all. And with this recent loss to the Colts, they've now fallen a game behind to the New England Patriots, who are now first place in the AFC East. Never thought I'd be saying that this year. So the Bills are in a bit of a slump to say the least. Now moving on to the Saints. Boy, all the things I could say about them. This whole Saints season can be summed up with one word that can be used to describe Jameis Winston's entire career when he was down in Tampa, inconsistency. And by the way, I do wish Jameis Winston a quick recovery because he tore his ACL in the Tampa game. Hope he gets well soon. But even with Winston in there, they've just been up and down the entire year. And now it's down to Trevor Simeon, who's looked 
halfway decent, better than I thought, but it hasn't amounted to anything other than that win in Tampa. They've lost two straight now, one to Tennessee without Derrick Henry, and then this past week, they got 40 put up on them by Philly. So obviously, both teams here are looking to bounce back. Now, two interesting things that I have to think about when it comes to the Saints. One, I love Sean Payton. I still think he's one of the best play callers in all of football, but right now, it just seems like Trevor Simeon is just the game manager. So I feel like he's going to have to step up every once in a while if they're ever going to win a game. And do you also use a game plan that's similar to what the Colts did just this past week? Because they ran all over the Bills. So I'll be very interested to see what Sean Payton does on offense and what this nasty Dennis Allen defense will do against Buffalo. And speaking of Sean Payton and the offense, something else big too. They haven't had their best player on offense in the past couple of weeks and that would be running back Alvin Kamara. He's been out for the past couple of weeks with what I believe to either be like a knee sprain or a knee contusion. I'll have to go back and check. But obviously that's a major blow because he's one of the best all-around running backs in all of football, if not the best all-around running back in football. So if they could get him back for this Thursday, that would obviously be huge because it would make Sean Payton's play calling a lot easier. And that's nothing against Mark Ingram because he's been fantastic since he's come back to New Orleans, but he's not a guy that you can entirely rely on to beat a team like the Buffalo Bills. He's not quite the clear-cut number one back that he was in his first stint there. Kamara has clearly taken that role. Not to mention that he's also by far their best receiver because Michael Thomas is out for the whole season. He had a setback in his rehab, so he's definitely out for the year now with that ankle injury. So they were left with guys like Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, Adam Troutman at tight end, who's halfway decent, but he's nothing special. So the bottom line there is if Sean Payton and Trevor Simeon are going to be able to operate this offense, you're probably going to need Kamara back to do it at the level that you need in order to beat this Buffalo team. I do trust Sean Payton. I do trust that Saints defense to keep it close, but I feel like Buffalo might end up on top unless they can pull some tricks out of their hat, which I wouldn't put past Sean Payton to do. Before I end off today, I just kind of wanted to ask the listeners kind of a very off-topic question. It's not sports related at all. What's your turkey day routine? What do you and your families like to do on Thanksgiving? Personally, what my family and I like to do on the Wednesday before we have a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. So we have toast, pretzels, jelly beans, stuff of that nature, all the stuff that was in the show. Then Thanksgiving morning, we get, always get up to watch the parade and then we watch the dog show afterward and of course i like to watch the football games because you know i'm me how about you guys please feel free to answer that in the canvas comments when you guys listen i'd love to give those a read happy thanksgiving everybody all right and that'll do it for this episode of the farius on football podcast i'm ryan farius of radio massasoit the official radio station of massasoit community college thank you all so much for listening